Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Spill Your Beans. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most iconic films, for better or for worse, of all time, The Room. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, PA and assistant director in film and TV, and very well known on TikTok with over 60,000 followers, Fetin. Hello. Hello. Hi, George. Welcome to the podcast. So, The Room. <laughs> so, uh, we, when we sort of bring guests on with you, we, we have this sort of like application form kind of thing. And one of the films you mentioned was The Room. What, what 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 particularly draws you to this film just generally I'm interested I'll tell you what because this I think you in the form as you said as well um uh like it doesn't have to be a film you love or a film that is amazing like it can be just anything or like something that's left an impact on you mm-hmm. and honestly the room ha- it's one of those films I've never forgotten about mm. never it had such an impact like I'm I'm older than you and back when it was first released um mm. it like when it really sort of became a thing I was at uni and mm. university students things can really stick like that because you're all yeah. living together as well and you know um it, it just became a thing with university students like we would all get together watch it we would do drinking games we did a <laughs> lot of and let me tell you that that film really provides a great drinking game. It's fantastic. I think, you know, if you drink, go for yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, I, I just remember we would quote it all the time. And it's been about, what, 12 years or something um, since I first watched it. And me and my friend easily still quote it and laugh about it. And it's just, I, I don't know, for me, it's quite iconic. I know it's not. A masterpiece but it's quite I- iconic in its own way and yeah. I don't feel like any film has ever achieved what the room has in terms of like it genuinely is the worst film <laughs> yeah way I, I don't know how to explain it but honestly no other film has ever reached that point for me yeah it's that's a great way to sum it up I think it's one of those ones that like I only discovered um, when The Disaster Artist was announced and they got like a little teaser trailer for that. So I saw that and I was like, I don't know what this is, but everyone's talking about it. So then I did a bit of research and I'm like, holy shit, what have I discovered here? This is amazing. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, brought it to uni. Same sort of thing here. We've we've done it a couple of times where we've watched it and had a drink with it. And I mean, it, like it's notorious for these like huge events as well, where people go to the screening, they'll like shout out the quotes and throw spoons at the screen, um, which is yeah, insane. Um, but yeah, no, before we get onto the room uh, in a sort of main capacity and try and somehow attempt to review this um, film, um, I want to sort of ask you about sort of what you do in TV and all that sort of thing. And like, what kind of made you want to get into the industry in the first place? Because I'm interested from someone who's wanting to go in the same sort of direction like personally as well like I'm intrigued yeah um so uh you said this in the beginning as well so I'm a PA in the AD department so I, I, I'm an assistant director and um I remember the first time I was interested I was watching I think it might have been like CBBS or something I was really young I was about seven oh. um and they did a program like behind the scenes on how they make animation like stop motion animation mm. And my mind was absolutely blown. 
Um, <laughs> I could not believe that they could do that. But I do remember as I think I think I was about seven and I remember thinking, oh, I can do that. Mm. That's pretty easy. Uh, however, did I have a computer? No, like this is the this is the mid 90s. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the only thing that my dad had was like a video camcorder and it was one of those like chunky ones that you would basically put on your shoulder they were yeah. really big um and I didn't really understand as well that it was like a bunch of photos really like I would make these stop motion animation things with my little poly pockets and I would um make short films I'm sure the tapes are somewhere still with my family I'm sure that I need to like check them out one day but and that was the first time I ever thought about working in the industry. And then re I properly started thinking about it, genuinely, was uh, when I was 14 and Doctor Who was on TV, uh, so 2005. Yeah. And I, I just fell in love with the show so much that I, I was like, I have to work in it. I have mm. to work in Doctor Who. Um, like this show is brilliant. I love just how much it can affect me and other people mm. um so my one of my biggest reasons I want to be in film and tv is because I love the impact that it can have on people mm. and the fact that it can bring out so many emotions like it can make you cry it can make you happy it can I mean even the room right it can mm. affect such a way that it becomes a cultural piece and you're you know quoting it 10 years down the line yeah uh, I just, I love the impact that the industry has. Um, and that's, that's what drew me in. That's a lovely way of putting it. I think as well, like, it's interesting, like, um, for people of, you know, all different ages, I think Doctor Who is one of those things, especially in like 2005 with Confidential and stuff. Because for me, especially, I, I kind of like resonate with that, watching the behind the scenes of Doctor Who because it was Doctor Who and I loved the show and seeing there was an extra bit and I would find any bit of content that I could and confidential was that so to see the behind the scenes process um and for me like at the time I must have been about five six and I'm watching that and even then loving it and like being fascinated by it watching it on repeat from the DVD and stuff and it's like that kind of thing is is what got me into it you know and and that sort of, you know, it pushes a lot of people in the direction. I think there's a lot of people in the Doctor Who community as well who were inspired by, like, stuff like Confidential and, like, the sort of 2005 uh, era sort of New Who. Um, I think that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant how that is, like, a lot of place and a lot of people's stories with the media industry of sort of, like, our generation almost. It's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, and you also do TikTok as well, which I have to say I... Since I started following you on it, I absolutely love it. I think it's brilliant because not only is it like not only brilliantly funny on it, but also like quite informative. There's a lot of great like actual first-hand experience stuff about what you do in film and TV, um, like to help people when people ask for advice and stuff about how to even start with that sort of thing. Because it is quite a complicated industry to get into. Um, I think it's it's fab as well. Like, what 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 made you want to start doing sort of TikTok and that sort of style of things? Um, I used to do YouTube anyway, mm -hmm. uh, not very well, um, but I used to do it. I mean, I did it for quite a few years. I think I did it for about four years. And uh, I was quite proud of the fact that I committed to it as well, because um, I, I'm someone who I pick up so many hobbies and then I just like let go of them. 
Um, but I genuinely loved creating. That was my main thing. I, I love the whole process of it. I love being in charge of creating something. Mm. Um, and there is a massive difference as well with uh, creating your own content and working in film and TV. They are very separate things. Um, and they both offer very different things. And I love the independent thing that came with creating content online on your own. Yeah. Um, but YouTube never really became a thing for me. And um, I really don't have the attention span to spend so much time on, on YouTube. Yeah. It really was like, you really have to commit to it. You have to have like a setup. You have to have good lighting, audio, camera. Um, you edit your stuff on the computer, you know, things like that. With TikTok, when I first discovered it, I was my mind was kind of blown because I didn't really know any other app like it in the moment um, in regards to no one really cares if the quality is good. Mm. Um, <laughs> really, like you can have a terrible phone and you can still make content and people can still enjoy it. Um, yeah. it you know, very short, usually 15 seconds to a minute. Um, so you don't really have to teach about like you don't have to make sort of like a, a 15 minute video which was quite a lot for me um and the biggest thing was you can edit right on your phone yeah like you don't have to export anything you don't have to wait for the rendering you don't have to um all these small little things that I used to find annoying about YouTube they just wasn't it wasn't there on TikTok mm. uh the other thing is I, I just found that you um the algorithm was so much quicker it just yeah. it picks you up so much quicker and it, I, I realized like more people were seeing my content than they would on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, so honestly I genuinely love um making stuff on TikTok it uh, if a lot of people I know genuinely I don't know if, if it's the same for you but a lot of people I know in real life actually don't in, like TikTok they don't watch TikTok mm -hmm. a lot of my friends know I make TikTok refuse to download it like they won't mm -hmm. watch it um they'll watch Instagram Reels, which is, uh, always confuse me. Yeah, that's a bit odd. <laughs> a lot of Instagram Reels are just all TikToks. <laughs> yeah. So I think it makes sense. But um, no, I really, I really enjoy it. And uh, I would recommend it to a lot of people who do want to make um, stuff on social media, but maybe find YouTube a bit too jarring. Yeah, it's the sort of, it's the new sort of craze. It took me a while before I downloaded it because I just sort of, I thought it was like musically again. I was like, oh, yeah, or like yeah. Vine. I was just like, oh, I didn't really fancy it. And then I saw people doing stuff with it. I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try and downloaded it. And it's, I think, again, you say with the algorithm, whether you're like watching content on that, or whether you're making content, it's always very tailored. Like on my For You page, it's always stuff that like I'm weirdly like I'm thinking about it. I might not have even said it and I'm like oh my god how's that on there that's mad or like when I'm you know even the sort of slight experimenting that I've had with putting stuff on TikTok it's um it's always very like yeah it it, it just pops off straight away even with like way more than I'd expect especially with you know considering the amount like the difference in sort of following with YouTube and TikTok it's quite a new thing for me TikTok and then putting something on there and it getting views is like what how <laughs> I, I need to be working this out this is insane so I think it's very good for that and it sort of encourages people to make more stuff as well which I quite like definitely um, I mean the reason why I actually properly first started it though I mean I, I know I listed a lot of good quality about, about TikTok but the yeah. reason why I did actually start it is I was in the middle of a pandemic mm. last year 
um, we, it was a really bad lockdown as well. It was over summer. I couldn't see friends or anyone. I couldn't go out anywhere. Um, but the biggest thing of all um, was that in that moment, uh, I was homeless. Mm. And, um, and you can imagine that during lockdown as well, in oh, the middle of a pandemic, I was completely isolated. Um, I was living in a homeless shelter. <laughs> and... Yes. It was it was genuinely some of the worst times of my whole life, and I realised that I I got into the same routine of basically nothing. I would wake up late, I would just do nothing, maybe watch like a few TV shows, eat something, and then go to bed. Every day was the absolutely same thing, mm. and I I think I just I realised I needed to bring back some sort of creativity. Um, mm really the only thing I had control over was my phone mm. and filming a video um I yeah. didn't have any other anything else I didn't have any other supplies that was the only thing really and it was a really terrible phone as well like if you look at my first um videos that I was uploading it was lagging so much as well because uh mm. it was just it was a really really terrible phone but I was I still did it and I it made me think of creative things like every day I would think oh what shall I do tomorrow mm. and I'd get up and I'd you know be like okay I'm gonna wear this I'm gonna go here and film this here and this is gonna be about this and um it honestly it really kept me going during yeah. dark times yeah. and um I am quite grateful for that that's brilliant that's really lovely I mean that's like a nice like again it's, it is amazing that it kind of came around around the same time as lockdown as well I think it probably did end up having a decent impact on a lot of people for something that's just a sort of you know on the surface level like a social media app basically or like an entertainment kind of app I think it's it's definitely done quite a bit of good especially by the sounds of it yeah but yeah well that's 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 fascinating um the room I'm gonna try and swiftly move on there um to uh the room so I mean we've both rewatched this in the last sort of day or so um what what was your sort of initial reaction on rewatching this? Um, so I haven't watched it in in quite a long time. I think mm -hmm. maybe at least about maybe eight years. Even though mm. I can still quote it yeah. from memory, and um, like I remember so many details of it, uh, just because me and my friends quote it all the time. But I I rewatched it this morning. Mm. And the first thing I remember, I, I not remembered, but I thought about is, my God, it's long. It is so long for what it is. <laughs> it really drags, yeah. Yeah, it really does drag. But I suppose, again, it, you know, you don't get the title of the worst film in the world. <laughs> it's going to have to drag, doesn't it? But yeah, it's very long. It's about an hour and a half. Um, yeah. it is, it's all on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to watch, though, really, it's anyone can it right now if you yeah, it's mad. it's it's one of those things where like again it's in in the grand scheme of things in terms of like films and stuff it's not like I mean, it isn't the longest film of all time it is just an hour and a half it's the sort of standard feature length film but because of the way the film is it, it just drags and it feels a lot longer I like I was watching it today and I was like even just the opening scene I'm like what have I got myself into watching this again? Why am I like rewatching this? Like, this is so, and even just like halfway through, I'm like, I feel like I can just skip half these scenes because it's just, it's just Nothing. the same. It's Nothing. just <laughs> it, like, it, 
like there's a few iconic scenes, but in between that, I mean, literally the whole story with uh, I can't even remember the I've just watched this one and I can't even remember the character's name. But the like the the woman sort of cheating throughout most of it. I'm like, that's just happened oh, so yeah. many times. Like whether she's talking about it with her mum, with a friend, or like it's just like I mean, there's a character study in this character study, literally sitting there telling how she feels every step of the film, and it's exactly the same. It, it's, yeah, hundred percent. Like the the dialogue in it is so. It reminds me almost of theatre in a way, mm. like the um the actual like what they say because it, the writing is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, but a lot of directing and the um the way they deliver it, they live deliver it is is very like as if they're just on a stage in front of an audience. Yeah. Um, again, if it was a theatre production, still would be terrible. It's mm. not going to be good. But it just reminds me of, of theatre, so I'm just wondering whether Tommy, like, originated from theatre? I'm not sure, because it was this was his first film production. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got a few notes that I, w- I wanted to go through, because um, just some it. of my like, favourite things that I picked up on, like... Uh, <laughs> Like, for example, like it, it, the bedroom is such a weird place as well. Like, mm. I love the, um, a, a massive candle holder instead of a lamp <laughs> that's right by the bed. Well, <laughs> safety reasons, right? That honestly seems very dangerous. Mm. Um, it just it makes me, it looks like a chandelier, but like right <laughs> next to the bed with lots of red candles in it. It's so random. It's so um, overdone. I don't like... I don't know how involved Tommy was with the set design. I presume it was quite involved, considering he's got roles on every other part of the film. Like the opening credits, I just die at every time. So I'm watching it. It's like, right, Tommy Wiseau, Tommy Wiseau, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> every time there's like a new role, it's like director, producer, writer. He's probably just doing everything behind the scenes. Yeah, well, he, he funded the whole thing, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Completely himself, which I'm not going to lie, you can tell. Yeah. That it was by one man who were <laughs> yeah definitely make a film um and probably shouldn't have but no it's like uh he you know he clearly also had an idea of he wanted to be the star he wanted mm. to be you know he, I, I think he genuinely thought he was amazing um yeah. this film really wasn't made ironically it was he made this genuinely he really thought it was going to do well i think and I think that's, um, the, that's the weird thing about it. Because the the, the, yeah. the appeal of this film is this film would be totally forgotten about if it wasn't for Tommy Wiseau. Because he is such a fascinating man. Yeah. Like, anything he says or does is just incredible. He's so secretive about his past. Nobody knows where he came from. Nobody knows how he's got so much money. He's just... No one knows how old he is. He's just this weird, like, slug man who just sort of does stuff and and then just explains it in the mo- it's just really weird i think he's the driving force of it and the fact that he's the main character as well makes it so incredible like everyone's performances are shit in this film but tommy's is, he's he's just especially bad and um, my one of my favorite things is his laugh to be honest oh uh, it's so good the, it's something well how does he even do it i don't know if i can even recreate it it's something like it's like he's saying it yeah it, that's exactly what it is because it's sort of like it's it's so weird because it just doesn't it doesn't feel genuine at all it is like he's reading dialogue but it's like his own thing you'd, you'd expect someone to be more uh, slightly more genuine is that how he laughs in real life is someone says a joke does he go ah, ah, ah. It is. that's I, just really I, weird 
I think he, that was him trying to be natural. I, I, it sounds like um, a computer generated, like, you know, when you put in text and then the computer reads out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm being here. I, actually, I, I really like, I, I really like the dude. Like he's, he mm. really embraced, um, you know, yeah, it's the worst movie ever. Like he fully embraced it. He goes to Comic Con and he goes right, to, yeah. like, you know, he's, he, he, he could have really taken it badly um but he's just embraced it so I think that's great yeah I love that about him I think like he that like obviously there's the famous stories around that he obviously did want it to be like a serious thing and he probably was quite upset with the initial reaction but I love the fact that now he and, and for the last few years he's just made a stand out of it like look if yeah. you enjoy this film or get anything out of it if you want to laugh you want to cry you want to love it you want to hate it like he welcomes it all. And I love that. And I think that's a really nice sentiment from such a strange man with such a weird project. It's a really nice sentiment to sort of put out there for filmmakers and stuff. It's like, not everything has to be like incredible top tier, everything to be enjoyed or to be loved. You know what I mean? And I really kind of like that. Um, Cause I'm sure there's a lot of films that people love out there. Like, especially for myself where it's like, I know most people hate this film, but I kind of like it because it's a bit shit. Whether it be this or whether it be like many other things, I think it's a nice sentiment to to have. And I quite like what the room has turned into, despite the fact it was supposed to be a drama, like an actual serious drama. It's absolutely hilarious. It is. It's it's incredible. It is basically a comedy at this point. I can't think of anyone who'd watch that. Even like mm-hmm. test screenings and stuff. How do they even get past that? And what? How? Who do you think is like the funniest? character in it like as in like who do you think delivers their lines in the funniest way unintentionally god I think I don't that's really I think the mum because <laughs> she just sort of sits she just sort of joins a scene she's quite a like she just I don't know she's strange and then just sort of drops in a line about having breast cancer it's like I've definitely I... got breast cancer I'm like what I forgot about that <laughs> it's so casual she's like oh well you know uh, yeah they told me i get have breast cancer and then i think the daughter's like oh no and she's like well yeah you know it happens so anyway like back to you and uh <laughs> and johnny and it's like dude that's a massive thing you just dropped on your daughter like yeah do you want she's literally like yeah it's fine it happens all the time doesn't it yeah um, and i'm like dude i think that, that's quite a big thing that's happening to you I don't think you should be glossing over that she's so nonchalant about it it's yeah Um, that's that's the thing with it is uh, and even like the scene where she's um telling off uh I don't know if it's Danny or Denny I think it's Denny but I don't know I don't know if that's a name um when she's telling off Denny for the drug scene and she has no connection with this character like she has she's not relevant to him at all yet just because it's in the script and I think that's with Tommy Wiseau's writing and like the story is that things aren't realistic and don't happen normally that's why it's so funny it's because this man doesn't understand human interaction and how people talk or react to things like the breast cancer thing for one the like this woman shouting at Denny and like even um yeah yeah, that was just it was like a whole like minute of the one screaming and the other one being like telling off and neither of them have any sort of connection to Denny really especially the (laughs) mum It's insane. Uh, and also, what is up with the babying of this Danny dude? Like, yeah. he's going to be about 20. 
Yeah, he looks like, about 20. It's, it's a, he's a bit of a creep as well. Like, you just walk, like, what the first yeah. scene, like, he walks in and just is like, oh, I just want to watch you guys. I'm like, come on, what? Find it. They're like, you're so funny, Danny. Like, yeah. you just, like, just, you know, watch us have sex, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's super weird. I love, like, the fact that he, um, he also goes up to uh, Johnny and is like, well, look, I'm in love with your girlfriend. Like I just yeah. want to kiss her. Like, and then and then ask for advice. And is like, what do you think I should do about? <laughs> like, do you think I should approach Lisa or? And then and then Johnny's like, <laughs> you're such a joker. Like, don't worry about it. But Lisa does see you as a brother. But you know, if you do get a chance, I'd say go for it. And Danny's like, yeah, but that's your girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's like, who yeah. has that conversation? This entire film is filled with strange interactions like that. But I think for me, they're the best bits of the film. The place, I mean, obviously this film is far from perfect. But I think for me, like the, the worst bits of this film, the most boring bits of this film is basically anything the character of Lisa does with her relationship. When she's talking to a friend, her mum like or she's cheating generally it's just strange and like dull the whole time whereas any i'll say it, anytime tommy wise is on screen i'm hooked i'm there i want to know what he's gonna say next even like the boring stuff like when he goes to the coffee shop and he's just like oh i can't say that that's confidential i'll like, oh, go on tell me no it's confidential anyway how's your sex life like yeah it's so well, abrupt <laughs> just strange I, I know look watching the whole thing I I really realized how much I mean he's bad at writing people mm. but he's especially bad at writing women you can tell he has oh my no god goes like, through his mind not a single clue <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like if, if you think the men are acting weirdly yeah are basically aliens in this like he has <laughs> no idea what they talk about in in like in a private setting yeah but like we like we obviously are watching the film we know for example that johnny didn't like hit lisa or attack her or anything like that but the thing is the mum and the friend don't know that and they're just like oh john johnny's lovely it's like yeah. that's not that's not a good that's not no a good look no dude. <laughs> but the mum again like going back to the mum because she's, she's an iconic character on her own like that first conversation they're having where she's like yeah I, I kind of find him really boring and mm. the mum's like yeah but who cares about that like he's got money and then she just drops these stuff which I, I'd be really insulted if my mum was saying these things to me yeah and she I think that I've got the quote written down as well she just she says you can't support yourself and there's a moment where Lisa like literally looks at her like um <laughs> a bit rude like whose mum is going to be like no you need a man with money because you literally can't function on your own you cannot do a single thing to <laughs> you absolute waste of space going yeah. behind it's boring like it's... the whole thing is bizarre to me it's honestly so contradictory as well. Like every other scene has like, I don't know what it is. It's like they either want to make Lisa like the villain or they want to make her like relatable. Or I, I don't, I, I can't quite work out what this film wants to do. And I've seen it four times. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's even, I think for me, one of the things that really strikes me about this film that I really love, which is always fun, is when random characters just appear in a scene 
for no reason. And they are very, they, they are very passionate about everything that's going on, but they weren't introduced. Like the random couple who just sort of walk in and start having sex in the living room. And then like, yeah, I don't know. And then they were doing homework. So chill about them having sex in someone else's home. Yeah. Like, I think Lisa and Johnny walk in and they're like, oh, you guys at it again on our sofa. It was, it was, it's the mom. And that's another brilliant line that I love is she literally walks in and it's on, it's almost as if it wasn't even scripted. Is that she just walks in and goes, what are these characters doing here? So she says that I'm like, yeah, what are these characters doing here? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, surely if you're supposed to, are you supposed to know these people? Because that's even weirder if you don't, but then they rock up. And then there's the guy later who catches, um, Lisa and Mark like making out at the party and it's just some random guy who walks in and has a very strong opinion it's like I'm good friends with Johnny I'm gonna tell it's like we haven't even seen this guy before Uh, I think my favorite thing I noticed was that um the hardly any any background artists in the whole thing um yeah Yeah. three that they reused in in whichever scene they needed to uh, like in the (laughs) There's, there's like I think two people in the flower shop, which, by the way, the flower shop is one of my favorite. Oh, it's incredible! It's incredible as well. Um, that one is just like um, it's like every almost every line from that flower shop scene is iconic. Like she, he walks in, uh, the shop owner's like, "What can I do for you?" And then goes, "Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't see you there." It's like, <laughs> well. Staring at him when you you said that pre like, what and then um you know he asked a flower and then it's it's the uh, like adding in the voiceovers where clearly she didn't say it in in person yeah, ev- like everything in this film is dubbed I swear to God like most of Tommy Wiseau's lines are dubbed that's yeah. that flower shop scene especially yeah can do it in a good way though but like it's so obvious that they didn't say it in that moment um. Or one of my favourite bits is at the end where he sees a dog and he goes, hi, doggy. Yeah. And then and then they ad-lib, like, the shop owner going, you're my favourite customer. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's so, but it, it's so abrupt, like, the dialogue in it. It's, like, it's so rehearsed <laughs> that it's just not natural in the slightest. It's just, again, it's a... I think it's brilliant because it's just not how people talk, but I love it for that. That scene especially where, again, where he's walking and it's just, like, Oh, I'll have a dozen red roses. Oh, I didn't know it was you. Oh, oh, you're my favorite customer. Hi, doggy. It's like it's just listing things that yeah. need to be said in the scene, opposed to it being like anything normal or conventional in like a film, like or even like, not even in a film, just normal talking and dialogue. It's like he wrote bullet points, and instead of fleshing it out, he just went with the bullet points. Literally, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, hi, doggy. Yeah. You're- customer it's like it, it, that line always makes me laugh um it, why would you even say that to someone unprompted it's, it's so random it's um, such a strange yeah yeah another thing was um uh the uh, what was his name i think it was mark the the guy that lisa falls in love with and yeah cheats mark on johnny with um which you know absolutely no chemistry no <laughs> um really bizarre like she goes I love you they've not even like made out at this point like it's super random um it, my one of my favorite lines that Lisa says to Mark is uh I like you very much lover boy <laughs> uh, uh who says that 
Are you telling me? Are you telling me? Like you're thinking of flirting with someone, and you go up to them, and you're like, "I like you very much, lover boy." That's mm. insane. I just, you just <laughs> avoid is what you do there. I think it's it, yeah. There's so many examples like that. You could just I think you could realistically go through this entire film and pick out every scene, every like line of dialogue, everything that just doesn't uh, doesn't work. Um, I'm going to take a bit of a sidetrack. Um, and before we go on our first little break, we're going to do one of our segments that we do um, on here. Um, this is called The Record Spinner. Um, we ask guests to come on here with an idea of some film soundtracks or an individual track from a film um, that means something to them, that they really like, etc. And sort of ask them to sort of mention something, either to recommend to more people to listen to it, for people who might not have heard it before, um, but also just to sort of talk about how much they love it, all that sort of thing. Do you have one? Um, I feel like my one's going to be very... <sighs> okay. I feel like it's a very typical answer. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe a cliche answer, but like it's always had a big impact on me the way Edgar Wright uses music for his films. Mm. Because as a director, he, he really knows how to work with music. And, and to pair it with his directing. Um, and it's very noticeable in everything he does, mm. everywhere. Uh, I mean, the most iconic one would be Shaun of the Dead. And I think you did a podcast on this as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like the way he uses it with the fighting scenes. And, um, you know, I think he plays a queen in the pub scene. Yes, um, yeah. With the Duke Bath, <laughs> you know, they're like fighting. The, it just works so so well um so that was sort of the first thing that I thought of um but the one that I still listen to the most is uh Scott Pilgrim mm. uh the way I mean it's meant to be you know like 8-bit uh game type game style type of film mm. and I still listen to Anna Managuchi um which are still not very well known to be honest but they kind of uh this film kind of put them out for a bit in the spotlight um, but I still listen to them and their music is great and uh, really actually made me get into 8-bit and I, I used to game anyway before that mm. but really sort of um, I, I don't know I think I, I still listen to it because of that film um, so yeah I, I'd have to say just in general Edgar Wright yeah that's a great example. Yeah, I don't, you don't usually get that with, I mean, a lot of people bring up sort of soundtracks and all that sort of thing. But to mention a director who specifically uses music is an interesting one. And I quite like that. We've never really had that. And I totally agree. Edgar Wright's one of my favourite filmmakers. And I think it, I, I love the way he he does use music and especially the way he's able to, again, as you say, with the um, with the scene where they're fighting the sort of zombie bartender in Shaun of the Dead, it's all like synced up with the music. I love when um, like, films are able to do that films and tv are able to sort of do that sort of thing it always it's always brilliant to me is there i will i will ask is there a specific track out of all of edgar wright's work that sticks out to you as one that you like absolutely love or is such a memorable for either the scene or the piece of music and um, so not necessarily the piece of music even though the music is iconic <laughs> But it's just how he has paired it up with the scene. Um, yeah. And the shot is is the um, the pub scene in Shaun of the Dead and the jukebox. I absolutely love it. Um, 
it honestly like when I first watched it as well I was like as a, if I ever become a director this is I want to be able to create something like this yeah where and I don't know whether I'm really bigging it up or what but honestly a lot of directors would not actually like if you put any other director with that script it really would not be nearly as iconic as what Edgar Wright made it out to be exactly um, yeah he, he does use music and like incredibly well and that scene I think out of all of his films um and he's known for his soundtracks in his films especially like Baby Driver as well is another one um but I, I think out of all of that that's the one scene that people remember the most mm-hmm. uh, and and just how well it syncs up so uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the jukebox that's scene. great that's, that's a really great answer i love that i've never we never really had that before where it's sort of linked up with a scene and the actual yeah so it's a great choice if you want to listen to um any of the picks for the record spinner of uh well obviously today's but any other ones from other guests as well for those listening at home you can go on to spotify and there is actually a public playlist with all of the tracks in there including today's um so yeah we're going to go on a quick break but when we come back we're going to be talking to fan about her choice for the 64k ultra mega hd range and then continuing our discussion and wrapping up whatever's left of the room that we haven't discussed yet. See you all in a minute. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the little five, 10 second break there. Um, we're now going to be going straight into our second segment, as we usually do on the show. This is called the 64K Ultra Mega HD range. It's a name that I love saying on the podcast. Um, similar to the record spinner, but this time we ask guests to think of a film, uh, a specific film that means something to them that, that they really love for one reason or another. Let's pretend that this is the most exclusive hypothetical collection you could have. You're not going to get Criterion, Steelbooks, Blu-rays, 4Ks. DVDs, any of that sort of stuff. This is the most exclusive DVD style range you'll get. And you get to nominate one film that can go in this fancy little range. What do you pick? I'm picking The Truman Show. Oh, great choice. Great choice. Great choice. That film has had one of the biggest impacts um, on me. Uh, it's so old as well because I mean I'm, I was really young when I watched it. Um, mm. It's a film I genuinely think about quite often. Um, I think the last time I rewatched it was maybe a year ago, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't make a habit of rewatching it that often. I think I'm, I'm worried that it will take away this mm. of it. Yeah, I watch it every few years, and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch it too often. But. Even then, every time I watch it, I'm just like, this is a brilliant film. It's just, I honestly can't really fault it. Mm. Um, And it makes me cry every time as well. Uh, It makes me really emotional. Um, Mm. I I think it's just like, uh, sometimes I I, I think, uh, because I I suffer from dissociation disorder as well. I dissociate quite a bit or like Mm. I experience depersonalization and derealization and that film I feel like really 
captures the feeling of that um, mm. in terms of like you don't really know who you are at times you don't know if everyone around you is real or whether it's like a, a reality or whether it's a game or whether um you know I don't know it's just it really it left it, it really left a imprint on me yeah I, I, that's an interesting like look into it as well because I've never really thought of it from that lens and of course I wouldn't I think it's a it's a it's a great film and I think it it does lend itself to um those sorts of interpretations and all that sort of thing as well it's a one that is so it's 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 very similar to other films in terms of the way it looks and how it's presented but when you really think about it the story the way it actually is it's very different and it's so unique that it's just I don't know I've never seen anything exactly like it really no, no, I haven't. And I think even if you try to recreate it, I, there's something about the Truman Show um, that really, I don't know how to put it. It's just, I think if it was recreated now, it just really would not be able to capture the innocence of, mm. of the whole show. I, I don't know. Um, I think that's the issue with a lot of remakes, though. Yeah. A lot of people loads of remakes and stuff is that it's never going to be the same as the original Mm. um and i think a few people like there are shows you know it's a very dystopian type of show isn't it so Mm. um, Mm. i think there's a lot of concepts out there that's very similar but i've never really come across one that has impacted me in the way that the truman show has um Mm. and how authentic it feels and you know living in a world where it's not really far off. You can really imagine it happening. That's mm. scary. Yeah. You know, taking a, a baby and making it into, like, it's really not that far off. People do no. that anyway. You know, they like document their children on YouTube, YouTuber, YouTuber families, for goodness sake. Um, Genuinely, and yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like discord around that, isn't there? Because I think that people are trying to pass a law now. Um, stopping people from documenting their kids and you know on YouTube and stuff Um, Mm. there's a lot of like moral and ethics that surrounds it Uh, that obviously takes it to a whole new level in terms of like you know becomes an adult and really doesn't know the kind of world they're living in but Mm. it's quite it's quite scary and um, I I genuinely love that film one of my favorite films I've not changed my opinion in about I don't know what 15 years I can't remember when Mm. it came out genuinely it's it's always been one of the top films for me it's yeah it's definitely one that stands out to me and it's one that I struggle to get other people um especially uni to like to latch onto as much but it's one that whenever I go home to my parents and stuff it's always the one that we go oh that's a brilliant film that's a really really good film and I think again not like to no fault of the cast as well like um Jim Carrey I'm not like again not a huge fan of now but like it was very different from his other stuff maybe like eternal sunshine is like another mention where he's done something a bit more serious but this is very much a perfect combination of what he does best in terms of his comedy but also his serious um and i and i, and I really liked that and people like ed harris as well who sort of played the creator of the show i think it, just there's certain things you could never do now and I, it's the kind of thing that like i feel would be turned into like a TV show, like the Truman Show show, as in like someone trying to redo it and remake it as like a, I don't know, like a Hulu show or something, you know. Um, and I don't know if I'd ever want that. It's one of those ones where it's like, just don't touch it. It is like perfect as is. 
Yeah, you, I mean, no, they can't remake it and have the same sort of feel to it. Um, I think you can take the concept and make an entirely new thing out mm. of it. But here's my issue with like a lot of things that are make, made these days is that they are very overly um, produced. Yeah. Overly produced and processed. And I, I, I think what I mean by that is it, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, I do get producers and execs involved in the story making part of things. You mm. lose a lot of the creativity, and that's something that really happens these days. I mean, I see it myself on set. Um, a lot of the time, the director doesn't have like. Sometimes the director doesn't even have the most control over creative yeah. stuff. It can be an exec because, like, the you know mm. the person with money is going to have final say. Yeah, I think that's not a good thing and um you can really tell that recently as well it's very money driven the industry mm. um again that's going to massively impact on the creative process oh 100 i mean i love stuff like um marvel and all that sort of thing and star wars you know i love it to bits i'll watch every piece of media that comes out of it but it is very formulaic now and very much to the letter of the people who are you know the higher ups people like kevin feige and, and the people who are funding it like disney have much more of a say in it than would have been originally allowed there's always that famous story especially with marvel of um john favreau and making iron man 2 and the fact that he made his own independent film as like a whole metaphor about the creative process behind that which is really fascinating and i still need to watch that but it's it, it, it's again it goes to show that very quickly these companies and especially nowadays a lot of things are very sort of formulaic and put down by execs and stuff i i creative visions can be lost and it's still some of it is there like some things still do get made that are very you know obviously very well thought out and are clearly from you know again like mentioned edgar wright previously as well like last night in soho whether you love or hate that film it is a very it's an it's an independent film it's not connected to a franchise it's not you know it, it's just its own thing and it's a proper creative vision of something he's obviously wanted to make for a long time well you mentioned earlier as well that there's just not really those type of new british shows anymore either where it's like from a, a you know new writer or a new director mm. um you know, it's just them like experimenting, experimenting and trying out a new concept for TV. It's now it's all very, very calculated. And, you know, they do try to sort of like um, make things with people who are really famous or mm. like people, like things that they know is going to sell and make really like quick money. Yeah. Um, not necessarily going to be good in the long run um, because it's all about like generating as much money as possible. And yeah, yeah. like you said, just don't get that kind of um like spaced uh the office things like that um and i'm hoping that changes as well mm, yeah no definitely i'm hoping that it does start to shift and you do see stuff like this again even going back to marvel there's promising ideas put forward and stuff like one division and loki where it does feel a lot more like the person the, the sort of creative vision behind the show is actually having a lot more say than an exec would um but then, you know, I'm, there's, there's there's hope there. Um, but this we could go on this depressing run for hours about the state of the uh, film and television industry. Um, but going back, of course, to The Room, um, I don't even know what we didn't talk about before, but there's a lot of um, 
there's a lot of love for this film culturally as well that we sort of touched upon earlier. Have you ever been to the um, the screenings, like the the big screenings, either in London or elsewhere? And I really wanted to. Same. Yeah, I'm, I've, I love the idea of it. I mean, even just the stuff of like, and, and going back to sort of weird points of the film as well, like the fact that people, there's like a thing where people bring spoons to the screening and throw spoons at the screen. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard of that as well. Like, it, but yeah. Nice way. Yeah. It's like there's because I think in the background of some shots, all the like framed pictures are framed pictures of spoons or something like that. Am I right in saying that? That seems yeah. yeah. I'm actually more surprised that it's not um like people throwing like footballs or something. Because yeah, the, is that what they call like it's American football? Mm. Um and they've got the ball. Uh and I don't know if you've noticed that ever in the room, but my god, they're just always randomly playing with this ball. They're always yeah. just each other. Like in random moments during a scene where they'll just get up and they'll just start throwing at each other, not even properly playing. Yeah. Um ball so funny because it's like you can tell he just didn't know like what to get his characters to do to do during his mm. dialogue. Mm. So he thought he'd just give them a ball. <laughs> yeah, it, there's so many scenes like that. And I think there's I so many of them as well, especially when they're outside. There's so many shots that, like, it's an exterior, but it's clearly just, like, a set of a brick wall. Yeah. And there's, like, one shot where it is actually outside. But, like, the rest of it, for some reason, what, why? I don't know. I, I don't understand stuff like that. This film is very, like, and in a sort of interesting way, a bit like a stage show, a bit like yeah. a sort of theatre production, because a lot of it is it's like, oh, here's a set of a street when you could just use a street corner. Like, it's so... You, you know it's just outside of like a brick wall it's really not that specific you could just do that anywhere yet yeah, it's built it's a set i would honestly pay to see this uh, as a live theater production refine it a little bit but i i'd pay i think that'd be brilliant as a i'm surprised it hasn't been done to be honest um i i was sure it hasn't been done i would i would be really surprised if it hasn't been done i honestly would be as well i'm actually curious now i feel no, I like it even if it's by like a uni student you know yeah no I don't I don't think it is I think it's just like live theater reactions as in like that's so shocking watching the film at like a place and interacting with it but apparently Tommy Wiseau still goes around to all these screenings as well like as many as he can which is mad I was yeah I was looking at Prince Charles Cinema in London today to see it was like I wonder what these things are but like because of COVID it's like Tommy Wiseau will not be at these productions please do not throw spoons at these please do not say the lines out loud just for COVID safety or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to wait till COVID sort of backed off a little bit so I can watch the, I don't want to go to a screening and just watch the room with no, like, atmosphere. <laughs> I think just because of this pod t- podcast, I think we're going to both have to go to the screen. Yes. <laughs> and then- Definitely. Like, um, what else? Like, I, I'm just looking at my list. And yeah. Quotes, like... Um, uh, just the way Tommy delivers things is is hilarious. I did oh, not yeah. hit. I did not. Oh, the iconic, yeah. Like the switch, dude. The switch is it's so so, so sudden. Why, Lisa? Why? Or like your te- Yeah, my favorite yeah. is the Lisa. So me and my friends quote this all the time, <laughs> which is just like you're tearing me apart Lisa it's uh, so good it's so good it's so iconic as well I think I, I 
I'd love to see again, even just talking about those live screenings, I would absolutely love to see that just because of the atmosphere in there must be hilarious at the time. Um, I think we'll alter along with it as well. It's a bit like those sing-alongs where you can sing along to a musical. um, Yeah. But I think people literally just say the quotes as well. And can you imagine being in a theatre room with like 100, 200 people all screaming at the same time? You're tearing me apart, Lisa! That'd be so good. That'd be so, so good. Um, I'm I'm trying to go through my notes as well and see if there's anything else that I've sort of got mentioned. I mean, I've put story, question mark, because there isn't... I mean, is there... I don't, I don't no. really, because I mean, I feel like this film could be a short film easily. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. It should not be more than 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like actually as a short film, the idea could work. Like it would be shit, but it could actually work a lot better than like an hour and a half of like, I mean, even like stuff like the sex scenes last way too long. I mean, it's just <laughs> so like, I mean, it's like it plays... Else. It plays the entire song, and they're not on the YouTube version, thankfully. But I do remember seeing it from the last time I watched it, where it's like they, the whole song like plays throughout. It's like they almost didn't. It's like they almost couldn't edit the song. It's like they they had to have the whole thing play. So they had to have a whole scene to go with it. And then yeah, it's just. It's... I do remember the whole scene, the whole sex scene, and it was very awkward because you can. Oh. I don't know how much detail I can go go into on your podcast. Oh, but oh go for it. I mean, if people know the film. I just remember we would we all picked up on on the bit where he's like thrusting, and he's just nowhere near her. Yeah. <laughs> going for it, and it's so obvious. Like it's so funny happening. Um, and yeah, at one point she also like gets completely nude, which again yeah. very. It was very unnecessary. It was mm. awkward, I think. Um, it, the whole thing, like you said, is just, it's too much. And it really did make a lot of people wonder whether he'd ever had sex before that scene. Yeah. Um, because it, it's like we've said before on this podcast, he doesn't seem to be to understand what humans yeah. do. He's like an, He's like alien. an alien. He is like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> In a, in a very sort of like friendly way like he, he doesn't seem like a bad person but he just really does not seem to understand how a lot of it works um including sex oh hello <laughs> hello baby <laughs> you're getting a cameo here uh well no he's decided to, to i think he's like what are you looking are you all right he was sleeping upstairs in my bedroom and he's just come down. So oh. he's a bit out of it. Um, I'm worried that he's going to have the zoomies because then he won't stop and you'll see him like literally flying, <laughs> flying everywhere. <laughs> um, oh my God. But, uh, yeah, the only other thing that I've literally got one last thing left on um, mm. my, my notes and it's just the, um, and I just put vodka and pizza. During the day, what time? <laughs> and I think that was the bit where I was literally like, "What the hell is going on?" They're literally like a day drinking. Fine, I've yeah. done it before. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, vodka and pizza is a very weird combo. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the whole um, 
the whole scene is just it makes no sense like they start partying and they but like it's still daytime and like they're like full-on like blackout drunk um by the sorry let me just say there's my cat oh, oh no. <laughs> it doesn't like being um i need to get him away from the laptop before he presses the power button <laughs> uh but yeah, like um, we were talking about, I guess, is there a beginning, middle and end? There's I a mean, beginning and there's an end. I don't know about the middle. It's just sort of the same thing repeated, I feel same. like. I mean, the beginning as well, I really wouldn't. I mean, it's a very loose beginning. We don't mm. really get questions. Um, <laughs> That's the second Tommy, uh, Tommy walks into the scene. It's just that to me is just like the best for introduction. It's just like he's like oh hi everyone it's like oh god this is just I, every time I watch it I'm like I don't know what I've got myself in for watching this again yeah I, I suppose the only introductions we do get is like I think I remember Danny Danny got the most introduction out of everyone I yeah think. like this is Danny like Danny was like a an orphan and Tommy um Johnny basically adopted him and now he's living alone and paying his rent. But even even that didn't make any sense because this was in a conversation where she was going, Oh, I'm sick of Johnny, he's such a horrible person, like he beats me. Oh, that's Denny. He's been like Johnny's been like looking after him. He's such a nice guy, but I also don't want to marry him. It's like, what 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 are you what? What is the writing in this scene? I'm so confused. You sort of have like these intense mood swings. Mm like once like in one moment she'd be super super lovely to Tommy's character like super lovely like you wouldn't think there's anything wrong with them and within a split second she'd switch and be like he's the most disgusting person I've ever met in my whole life <laughs> and then the next scene she'll be like I love you so much and then again ah, I hate his guts it's like what it's what's so going weird on? it's so weird but uh honestly the, the film makes me smile, right? Yeah. Um, I, when when it first became a thing, when I was at uni, this was about 12 years ago, but um, I remember there was a bit of a craze with bad films. Mm. Uh, if you've had that at your uni, but we, we had a, a bit little of a bit, craze. yeah. We were watching, like, after we watched The Room, we started trying to find all these really, really shit films. Um, and there were some some good ones, but ultimately nothing came close to the room mm. i don't know if anything ever will to that extent yeah it's 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 probably the best worst film of all time i think that's what a lot of people have said um one one sort of final thing i think i want to mention from my notes um that we haven't touched upon is uh johnny's suicide scene in this oh my god which is Suicide scene. I mean, that's sensitive, isn't it? It's a very beautifully. <laughs> he just, it's so, because he's obviously like, he's, he's sort of kicking off, he's destroying everything. It's the way he sort of, I don't know what, I don't know what to describe it as. He sort of grabs the dress and sort of like grinds on it on the floor. God, the grinding was horrible. And he was like moaning whilst holding the, the dress. It was kind of just really weird. And then, and then proceeds to pull out a gun. Did we know where the gun came from? Was that ever? There was no build up towards this gun. There was, there was, and I think he was. I, I have a feeling he probably did that on purpose, where he was like, "I want it to be a shock." Um, mm. but again, it just ended up really bad writing. Yeah. Uh, 
because when I think of like really, really sudden death scenes and like a gun coming out of nowhere and like killing someone, I'm thinking of maybe like the ending of, uh, what was it? The Departed? Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I, off the top of my head, I don't think so. I may have okay. I don't want to give too much away in case you mm-hmm. watch it. It's um, it's it's a really good film, and uh, that's what I imagine um, mm. when I think of like a really sudden like death scene and a shooting scene, or, or that was really brilliantly done, and it gave you proper like shock factor. Um, whereas this one is just like it's so random. He's never ex- expressed like thoughts of suicide during this as well. And he's never once said it. Like at least like give us a bit of like Lisa, I'm gonna kill myself if you go. There's no build like there's. He literally just picks this gun up. Who who gave it to him? Yeah. Well, I mean, America, so it's not too far fetched. <laughs> yeah, he's probably just been to Walmart. But yeah, it, it just it, it sort of happens in a split second, and I really think he was going for the shock factor. But it just it was it was just really bad storytelling again. Um, I love the fact that they like ran up to him quite quickly as well. Where did they come from? Yeah, um, I don't. He, I don't know. And, so I don't understand like the timeline during this as well because they walked off and then they came running straight back as soon as they heard the shot didn't they or something like that Uh, yeah uh, and he's clearly there blood everywhere he's got a hole in his face and then uh, the fact that Elise is there going wake up wake up it's like (laughs) I don't think he's gonna wake up Lisa (laughs) like you know he's dead. <laughs> he's he's literally got a hole in his I, face. He's not. I just love the bit where he actually shoots himself as well because that's probably the worst slow motion I think I've ever seen. As if the film couldn't manage to get any worse, they have this the choppiest. <laughs> I mean, what was it like two frames like a second? And it was very choppy as well because he it sort of goes. It's like he obviously knew what he wanted to do. He knew he wanted to do slow motion, but it's like why don't you just get it? Like why don't you just film it in slow motion? Yeah, because that's uh, just. It was so weird. I love the fact that he he clearly didn't know how to... He must have not had SFX or something, right? Because mm. there's no actual blowing of the brains. Um, no. And they kind of... They basically cut it off. Like, they, the frame yeah, cuts yeah. off of his head. So you don't actually see what happens. Like, when he goes, he goes like... Um, he You know, he puts the gun in his mouth. Um, yeah. He pulls... And then you don't see anything happening because it's cut off by the frame. Yeah. You just slowly, and then at the end of it, you just see a pool of blood. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly, I could not like. So much of this is so bad. The directing, the writing, the um, the set design, the uh, what else? I mean, SFX is. I am genuinely serious. I think it's non-existent. I don't think they even. <laughs> SFX and SFX department. Um, what else? Uh, the script. I don't know if they even had a script supervisor. Probably not. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, like art department. Uh, make makeup and costume. I mean, like I, I actually don't think that was so bad in terms of like I don't. I actually feel like maybe they weren't given enough time on set, but I don't think they were necessarily that bad. Mm. Uh, what else like oh the acting obviously that's the biggest thing <laughs> I, I can't get there's just I think any part of this and I think that's sort of the perfect way to kind of sum it up and kind of wrap this up is basically 
this film, you, you can pick out any sort of scene, any any piece of dialogue, any performance, any any part of the set design, especially the spoons in the photo frames. And you can you can pick it apart and it's it is shit, but it has this sort of weird sort of like charm to it that it feels like a sort of high school drama, like GCSE drama performance or something, where it's like over the top, terrible dialogue with really obviously like naff sets. And it does make me wonder why it's never been a theatre production, even like a, a, it could work as like a contemporary kind of, I mean, they managed to do quite a successful biopic film about the making of this film with James Franco. It's like how, like, surely they actually must be able to do something like that. I, I don't know why. I'm genuinely surprised, you know, thinking about it, especially when I was re-watching it today. I was like, this feels like a theatre production. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is one of those ones that it is a film that is absolutely terrible. But if, you, if you're if you a certain kind of person, I think like both of us, I think you get a lot out of it in terms of just enjoyment. And it's just the, the wonder of how this got made, why it got made, and like all of it working together it's one of those films that would be entirely different and maybe we wouldn't even be talking about it today if it wasn't for, like, one factor. Like, if it wasn't for Tommy Wiseau even being there, if it was, like, with a slightly better director or something, it's, like, the way it happened in exactly the way it's happened is what's made it so iconic but also so terrible. And I and I love it for that. I, I do, too. And I do also want to tell people that there is, like, um, and I weirdly remember this again from about 12 years ago but there's a uh, website where it's the room soundboard and someone's just like made the, the quotes and then you can I, I want and I haven't tried this in quite a while but I want to see if it works um hi doggy it does yeah. still work <laughs> not sure it's bullshit I did not hit her I did not I did not <laughs> Oh my God, the laugh. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> um, In a few minutes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about bloody chicken. The cheap What was that about? <laughs> yeah, the chicken thing. Chip, 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 chip. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I forgot about this uh, little, there's loads here. There's loads from like all of the um, characters. Oh my God, the mum. Please say the breast cancer lines on there. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> breast cancer. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that I thought, I think that sort of brings to, brings a nice sort of conclusion to our review of The Room. Um, before we sort of wrap up properly, is there anything you want to promote? I know you've got TikTok and all that sort of thing. Um, so now's your time. Just go ham, promote your stuff. Uh, it's really just TikTok. I'm not really, I, I'm not really active or public on Twitter or Instagram, um, which I know is kind of weird for someone who makes so like content online uh but it's, it's just really tiktok and my handle is uh mary fetz which is m-e-r-r-y-f-e-t-s um and yeah i'm finishing my job very soon as well so i'm gonna pick up and make like loads more tiktoks um in the next hopefully few weeks 
because I've been really busy. Um, so I've not really been able to do a daily ones, but I'm going to go back to it quite soon. But basically, I make a lot of videos on uh, working in the film and TV industry. And I also make advice videos on how to get into the film and TV industry, if that's something you're interested in. Um, just because I don't believe in gatekeeping and it's not a very diverse industry. And I do think that's mainly because of gatekeeping as well. So I just want to, you know, open up the gates and um, just make it more accessible for people. So the same thing doesn't happen to me, you know, being exploited or wasting time and money um, trying to get in. So, yeah, it's it hopefully um, it's it's a feel good sort of channel. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I, I could say firsthand that like um, when yeah, you sort of reached out about doing the podcast and all that sort of thing quite a while back and I had started looking at your TikTok and all that sort of thing. And again, as someone who does want to get into the industry, it is incredibly helpful and incredibly uplifting as well. Like it, it, it gives you a bit of hope if you, if you need that to, you know, get in the industry. So definitely go and check that out. That'll be linked um, on the uh, podcast links so for everyone, anyone listening uh, on the sort of description of this podcast, the link to her TikTok will be there. Um, if you want to follow us, I am at Spill Your Beans on Twitter, at Spill Your Beans Podcast on um, Instagram, and then at GB Sheard is my personal account on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, obviously stay tuned for our weekly film review content as well as our weekly Doctor Who breakdowns as well on here. And yeah, I'll see you next Wednesday with a... Uh, no, no, oh, I've done that totally wrong. I'll see you next Wednesday with a review of The Village of the Angels, I think it is, by that point when this comes out. So, yeah, see you all then. Thanks so much for listening. See you later. <laughs>